0: Afuera! Comunistas afuera! Afuera! So goes the next chapter in Argentinian government. Javier Mile has just been elected, and many of you have never heard his name. I certainly hadn't, but now he's on my radar, and you're going to love him. It's like the spirit animal of Donald Trump went down south and became Latinos. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's very entertaining. This guy is ticking everyone off because oh, he can't be bullied. He can't be bought. He's saying some stuff that really resonates with a lot of the populace. So despite what a lot of mainstream, bought-off, paid-for globalistic media is saying, this guy is pretty darn cool. And so we're going to talk about him today. And we're also going to talk about some of the ramifications around the globe for Argentina but many of you guys won't care but also it says something for us in our day and age and right here in the united states it's a really really big deal and you're going to find out why today on the it's a really big deal and you're going to find out why today on the john level show here we go guys This plug black friday is right around the corner here's some ideas of what we've got coming on we've got the phoenix 7 watch it should be like 200 bucks off that's huge our top four knives one of them is the uh, fox folder as well so you can pick that up some medical stuff we also have some combo that has my signed book the warrior poet way a national bestseller which we're thrilled about that's all going to be on our website daniel defense though has got something coming out holy cow i haven't told anyone you guys are the very first ones to know john Lovell show brought it to you. Daniel Defense and us have done a collaboration. It'll be the first time Daniel Defense has ever put someone else's logo on their gun. We've dressed it out, kitted it out. So it is, I mean, it's got uh, a Unity mount on there. It's already got an optic. It's got our sling on it. It's got rail scales and foregrip. It's it is done. Sweet trigger in there. Neat paint job that you've never done on an AR-15. And it is super snazzy awesome. And it'll come with like a signed book and challenge coin and a network subscription. All kinds of stuff are going to be in that package. It'll be at Daniel Defense's website all by Black Friday. So that's it for Shameless Plug. We got a lot to talk about. So we are back to the episode. I will yield my immediate time to let you hear of Mille himself. Here is uh, the new president-elect of Argentina. Yo filosóficamente soy anarcocapitalista. El Estado es el enemigo, es una organización criminal con comunistas.
1: Pero entonces, ¿qué harías? O sea, ¿no cerrarías las relaciones de
0: Argentina con, con China? Yo no promovería la relación con comunistas, ni con Cuba, ni con Venezuela, ni con Corea del Norte, ni con Nicaragua, ni con China. Al zurdo de mierda no le podés dar ni un milímetro. Pero, pero me puede definir zurdo de mierda que no todos lo los que digamos los colectivistas, <risa> los que ponen digamos, o sea, esa idea. A ver, ¿Qué, por... ¿Qué le pones de mierda, digamos? Porque son una mierda. There you have it. He is draining the Argentine swamp. The thievery of big government is over. And so he's going through on that whiteboard and he's ripping off all these bloated government institutions, which are just seizing power and liberty from the people under the guise of really kind of nice things of like the ministry of education, the ministry of health, the ministry of social services. And it's really just government control packaged up in a dystopian Orwellian way. Just like in 1984, George Orwell's incredible novel. If you've never read 1984, it's time, check it out. It was a book that became, I mean, just eerily prophetic. It's happening in our day and age. But in that important work, Orwell says something like The Ministry of Love, which is actually a ministry of hate. A ministry of education is really one of just pure indoctrinization. It's not real education, and I believe that's exactly what we're going through in our government schools in our day and age, too. We are surrounded by incredible amounts of freedom-encroaching government bloat, It's evil. It's maniacal. It's terrible. And a a bunch of people in the United States have had enough. That's what we're seeing in Argentina as well. We're actually seeing this all over the world. People in Spain right now are protesting. Uh, Ryan, pull up some footage of this. Here's the people in Spain. Massive amounts of protest happening. Uh, I mean, millions of folks extremely upset. They believe that a socialist coup d'etat has occurred. And so they are upset meeting now for weeks in public square protesting because their institutions of power have been hijacked. Their government institutions is not matching the will of the people. We have runaway rogue representatives, and that's exactly what we have here. How many people out there in the United States today actually trust your politicians? who actually believe that they're being properly represented. And if you don't feel properly represented, make no mistake, our republic has fallen in that way. And we are, we have a runaway government with massive amounts of too much power. Well, this important election of melee signals that one, power can be won back. The authoritarian left, that's what they are. They, all they care about is power. Now, they speak a good game in this virtue-signaling victim mentality, but really what they do is they manipulate victims by airing their victim status, and they use it as a cudgel to beat people down so they can seize large swaths of power. It's all about power and control to the authoritarian left so that they can take over our culture and then be able to seize power through the machinations of a communistic worldview. It's going to tear everything down. Down through Marxism, which is puts the haves against the have-nots. It creates division. We've known this for millennia, that the best way to conquer a people is to divide and then conquer. That's what Marxism does. That's what communism does. That's what the ideology of the left is doing. Intersectionality. That's exactly what it is. Divide everyone up and then get them to fight so that you, as their leaders and their powers that be, can seize all that power and liberty. And we're so stupid and so enraged at each other, we don't recognize who the real enemy is. It's the state, the deep entrenched state, is it shows the people are fed up. They're fed up with big government, manipulating them, stealing from them. And two, it shows that institution of power can be won back. There is something to come back from. Right now in the United States, all of our institutions of power have been hijacked. And so it doesn't matter that it's incongruent with the wishes of the people. If you can't get your institutions of power back, well, what do you do? I mean, he won by a good plurality, the votes, too, didn't he? A massive landslide. It was a 55% to 45%. So in a general election, that is a landslide. Absolutely. And I don't believe it would have happened if they hadn't have done one key important thing. Do you know what it was? I have no idea. No No idea? No, I don't. They outlawed electronic voting machines. Really? Yeah. People are waking up to the fact that uh, these things can be tampered with and rigged. Make no mistake, if you had had— Wait,
1: they got election results back, though, that very night. That's right. If you How want, were and, they able to do <laughs> that, job? Amazing. It's <laughs> unthinkable
0: that people could count without the aid of tampering right? uh, machines.
1: I mean, Arizona Arizona took two weeks. To you know, get the, the results.
0: It you... took a lot of tampering with mm-hmm. to steal that election. And that's what's exactly what would have happened is the leftists who will stop at nothing to get power are going to rig the entire deck. And so when they went to paper voting, no issue. And if there's a miscount, you can actually go back and verify with electronic voting. You have no real idea. It's just a miss. All we have is the government's assurance that the machines that they have R-O-A-O-K. And I'm like, yeah, I trust you guys. Sure. But they did paper-only ballots. And if we don't do that in the United States, doesn't matter how popular a president is, uh, I do not believe that the left will uh, lose uh, I think we have to secure elections. And so if you want your institutions of power and you actually want a free republic to work, you have to secure elections and you cannot do that with electronic voting machines. And Argentina just proved it. Uh, the people were able to speak because they weren't able to cheat enough to overcome. Yeah, because that's not the, close. Nope. That's oh, not close. It's a landslide. You'd, you'd
1: figure it'd be like, boy, he won by 1%, 2%, you know, but that's a almost, that's a 10 point
0: swing that is unheard of. Right. That's pretty nuts. So the reason why this is important for us in the United States, I'm like, Hey, Argentina, that's a long way away. Sure it is, but we're all now globally in the same fight. It's not just the government, an individual government of the world as if it's very different from other. There's globalist powers that would be pushing on the exact same radical agenda and using the exact same control mechanisms around the world to secure a global power. That's what's going on. That means the response in our fight is a global thing. So a win. For actual freedom in Argentina is a win for us as well. We can be emboldened. We can learn from what happens there. And we can also look at cautionary tales like in Venezuela is those are things that could happen to us. We can look at China as well. Right now, the mainstream media will never air this, uh, but. Revolts like are happening in Spain, they're going on. They're not getting any press coverage, but they absolutely should. There's uprisings happening in China, happened a lot during covid as well. But they immediately the tyrants just smash it down so there's no freedom of speech. No dissent is permitted, whether it's in Cuba or France, all kinds of protests are going out and it's not making its way into the forefront uh, of what uh, comes through our screens We're not getting the news because if we did, we'd realize that there is a global wide movement that's resisting the tyrannical authoritarian control of leftist ideology and communism that's being shoved down our throat with Uh, Social media companies that have been bought out, legacy media outlets that are owned by these billionaire entities that are all propaganda, shoving it down our throats, and now they've got this shiny new weapon called artificial intelligence, which is going to make their effectiveness far, far greater, and you have to act absolutely now if you would like to secure freedom in any semblance in the future, globally and here at home. Now, I want to talk about why people are waking up, uh, because though... I think leftism, the Democratic parties of the world will speak a good game and they'll say all the right stuff. After all, Republicans or conservatives or libertarians, they're out for actual results. So they're out doing stuff where the Democrats, their whole gig is just how do we manipulate the people, say the right thing so that we can get more power for longer. So they're really good at getting elected, but they're really bad at doing any meaningful policy that helps people up. It's all symbolism over substance, whereas the other folks of conservatives of the world or Republicans, assuming they're not rhinos, I really have am very jaded between any political party. You know, it's like choosing between the hangman's noose or lethal injection. I'm like, nope, you bunch of rhinos, you pretend bought off cowards, you weak men who have stolen Uh, our confidence and trust and pretend to be one of us and you're not very few actual real good people that have the values so that they can represent people honestly and fairly. And I think we have that in some guys like Javier Mille. and well,
1: Mille, that's one of the, his big draws. He wants to bring the honor and the integrity back to their Congress. That's, that's one right. of his pitches as well, that he needs to drain it so that you can actually believe that the people that are in there are in there for good reasons. I think I read that he is not even taking a cent as president. I believe he, it. He said, I won't take one penny from the Argentinians.
0: I believe it. That's and, fascinating. And I think he's what you get. And Donald Trump is who our country got when people have been pushed into a corner. Like, and we're desperate. We'll do anything to, to stop what's happening now. And so they elect somebody like this, who's just a loose cannon. I'm like, hey, I think we need a catalyst. I think we need an agent of chaos to go through and wreck all this government bloat. There's no kind of like, oh, let, let's negotiate. Let's have it. No, let's go through uh, the government hypocritical Bloat like a wrecking ball, and then we'll, we'll once everything's just demoed, we'll we'll build back some things that we need. But the decay, the rot has gotten so horrible, you you can't you can't just do some slight renovations. You can't just do a little interior decor and spruce the place up. I'm like, nope, it's decayed down to the foundations. Demo the whole thing and let's start back about what the American ideal was in the first place. Uh, where it's the freedom of the individual, where a government fears its people and not the other way around. That was the entire idea as a free people, and we become ruled by a tyranny. Now, let me give you four reasons why people are really, really ticked off, and this is the fingerprints of leftist agenda. So the first thing, economic ruin. You're feeling it and despite what the corrupt media is reporting of like, oh, a few percent, nope, it's double digit inflation. I don't care what they say and they keep monkeying with the consumer price index. so you can't really see the real math, but you feel it at home, don't you? Ignore the news, Ignore everything. Just say, how easy is it to pay my bills? How far does my dollars go? I just ate uh, just a kind of pitiful lunch at the airport with my family and it was80 dollars. For my two kids and me and my wife shared a drink, you know, so we were, we were being economical. It's still, it's like 80 bucks, 60 bucks for my family and I to eat at Subway. And that is wild expense. Everything is really, really expensive and people are getting sick of it. And then they see government spending trillions, trillions of dollars on all kinds of things that they don't agree with. And all these proxy wars, we don't want that. We would like to not have to sell our future children into slavery because of your irresponsible spending. I'm sick of it. But leftism, Marxism, Communism, it brings economic ruin. Javier Mile is an economist. He's written multiple books. This guy is no nonsense. He knows how to make money and how to manage money. And so he wants to take their currency, which is absolutely followed, their peso, which is, I think it's somewhere around 120 to 140% inflation. That's right. Infl- Wild oh, inflation. Wild oh, inflation. And so he wants to take them, uh, take their currency and uh, replace it with the U.S. dollar. That would be really good for the United States as well. We are bleeding support for the dollar as BRICS is being replaced. And that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And so th- they've got a conglomeration to replace the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency. And the repercussions of that would be very, very bad uh, and for the United States, if like that would represent it is already representative of a decline in our power as a country around the globe. All right, I'm getting bogged down. the The ruin of the communistic policies. One is just economic devastation and we're seeing that we're feeling that the second thing is cultural division that's marxism wants to divide and conquer the idea of marxism is you can supplant a free market economy by putting the haves people with money against the have-nots and then you get enough have-nots and they can vote the haves into submission to be able to take from the wealth you vote yourself more wealth and so marxism will use that well what they found in the united states is is we were so fabulously wealthy as a nation yeah, they didn't get a lot of traction, and so they shifted to things like racism or now gender identity, or in matters of sexuality, anything that can get us ticked off at our neighbors, anything that'll keep us from having happy Thanksgivings and Christmases is a-okay with the Marxists. They like that, and when they recognize that the leaders want us fighting each other, otherwise we'll be onto their game.
1: Yeah, because they can't uh, economically make that work. Their big uh, names are the oppressor versus the oppressed. Yep. That's the categories that they'll pigeonhole either you into one or the other. If you are a wealthy, you are an oppressor. If you're not, you're in a press class. So that's what I often see happen as well with
0: the terminology. Yep. A third terrible effect of these communist authoritarian policies is bloodshed. That's right. When we show ourselves to be morally weak, we don't have the courage to defend the ideals of freedom that we can be bought by the highest bidder. We'll sell out to the Chinese. Did you see Xi Jinping visit California? He's met with standing ovations and Uh, Biden just kind of shuffling out in his geriatric dementia way and shake his hand multiple times. It was just, it was as I was watching, it was just so embarrassing. And I'm like, why are we, this guy should be public enemy number one for us. And instead we're clearing out the city, rolling out the red carpet, quite literally welcoming him with standing ovations when the Chinese have no, the Chinese government has no love For America other than to own it and conquer it. And they have a plan to do it. They've shown themselves to be hostile over and over with literally not just, not just tacit threats, but overt threats to us. It's absolutely disgraceful. And so as a signal to China or Afghanistan or to Hamas, it's a signal that you can do whatever you want and we're not going to do a thing. Here, here, Taliban, here's $80 billion of our most sophisticated weaponry. You can have it. And then those same weapons are showing up in Hamas to to kill innocent babies and and women. Disgraceful. A fourth factor that people are absolutely ticked about uh, on leftist failing policies is the misery index. You find there's a moral bankruptcy, a moral degeneracy as we turn away from the root presuppositional ideals of theology and philosophy, and instead we're not one nation under God, we're morally adrift, and then moral relativism brings us uh, to a place where we really have no transcendent purpose or transcendent value. It's all relative. There's nothing concrete, and we feel lost in the waves of it all, and what happens is people feel adrift, and they start feeling very miserable. To make it worse, that moral degeneracy absolutely goes with it, a loss of freedom. It takes a certain amount of character, one, to be happy. If you have bad character, you're ungrateful, and it is impossible to be happy and ungrateful at the same time. You can't do it. Grateful people are happy. Ungrateful people are miserable. And so, uh, with this moral degeneracy, you can't be happy, and the moral degenerates don't fight For freedom. They don't have those ideals. They don't have the strength of character to care about something more important than itself. And so this is what we're seeing. These four metrics, just something I came up with, are, are reasons why people around the world are shrugging off these authoritarian regimes. And we can do it too. But it starts with election integrity. If they cheat, none of it matters. Everything is literally toast and there's nothing that we're going to be able to do to really effectively seize our institutions of power in the war of ideas. It'll later become a bloody war of arms, which none of us want. We want to engage in fair elections and let may the best ideas win. and we'll use free speech and we'll talk that out. But ultimately if people are hemmed into a corner, they're enslaved and you keep poking them and you can't keep it so they can't feed their own kids, eventually that's how revolutions start. Uh, there's an old saying that you can vote yourself into socialism, but you have to shoot yourself out. And that's an expression because it's absolutely true. hundred percent true. and we're careening in that direction. So secure elections today or our kids will die bloody in the streets tomorrow. Not literally tomorrow, it's a way of speaking. 10 years, 20 years, I have no idea. But that's the certainty of revolutions. You have to have fair elections. Everything rises and falls on that. All right, that was a uh, pretty darn heavy. <laughs> Where we go, John? Uh, ben, get us out of this. You know, um y- y- Moving over to the hot
1: topics, you mentioned this earlier, talking about Xi Jinping and how he recently visited San Francisco for the APEC conference. Uh, and uh, for those of you that aren't aware, he uh, in- attended a business meeting where he had 300 of you know, the most powerful business executives, leaders in the country in attendance. And uh, as John said, at the end of that, uh, his speech, he got a standing ovation. And while I don't know the full context of what was said, I do find it rather remarkable that a communist dictator can get a standing ovation on american soil yeah. and um you know the thing that I, I was wondering about you know as i think about china and what it is um he said he offered this statement if you look at any of the news articles a lot of them will will, will pick this one statement of his is kind of an encapsulation where he where he said planet earth is big enough for both our countries to succeed and i don't know if he actually believes that. no absolutely not why do you think he's saying that and what do you think he he would like to see
0: Ah, it's just political speech. You say a nice thing. You let your enemy think that you're their friend while secretly you are not even secretly. He's overtly against us. And so he had a little talking point. But I think him and his business cronies, he got a standing ovation because, frankly, they're in business together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do communists yep. want? They want more power in the United States, which pat? which party is more likely to give up ideals uh, lie to the American people, sell out and uh, give their influence for power of like it's it's on. the It's in the Democratic Party primarily where they will sell their influence. Yeah. Uh, and so it, where do you buy power on the left? Well, I think it's no mistake that the city he chose, the state he chose.
1: Yeah. Gavin Newsom's San Francisco. And a matter of fact, when he closed his speech, he said, I hope that California continues to lead the way of what cooperation with
0: China looks yeah, like. Yeah, co- cooperation. It, it <laughs> means slave vassals. Yeah, that's a good point, Ben. If, like, he, he wasn't ever going to go to Dallas, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> he wasn't going to hang out in Texas. Uh, but no, he th- th- did kind of tip his he did kind of tip his
1: cards there, didn't he? Is, is it?
0: Is it kind yeah. of interesting? Like, like, I think it's interesting. You know, I said something about the Democratic Party. And just to be fair, again, there's a lot of rhinos uh, that are imposters. They have been bought out. That as are well.
1: responsible for shipping industries yeah. overseas as well. Absolutely. To chase the almighty buck. And, and so I'm, I'm not
0: that. so naive. It is very late in the hour. Uh, 2023. It's very late to believe that the Republican Party is good and the Democratic is bad. I'm like, nope. Yep. It's 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 the entire government organism, uh, and then there's a few good politicians rising up. It's a new wave of people that actually vote convictions, and they're pit bulls, and they're ready. Uh, to drain the swamp, and they hate corruption perhaps more than you and I do. I think those people do exist. They are rising up. They are few in number, and we need a lot more. Who is going to forego? Who's going to say no to the suitcase of cash and run? Now, before you jump in the comments, you do it, John. Nope, I am not called to do that. I'm called to do other things. I'm doing a great work, and I will not come down. Uh, unless the Lord Almighty says John run for office, run for politics. Only then would I would I do that. But I am doing some other things right now, uh, in addition to what you see before you, and uh, it's what I should be doing. And so it can't be me. Uh, but it, we do need a new wave of politician, people with backbone, people with strong convictions, uh, godly people uh, who believe in the old ideals of one nation under God, that we have all been given God-given rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the answer to our problems isn't bigger government. It's less government. Those were the original ideas. And, and unless we get back to that foundation, we will not survive. And in fact, we are not surviving. You are seeing the unraveling of the United States. This is It's not that the U.S. will fall. It's that we are falling now. We are fall we are in free fall. That's what's happening. Hey did you hear about the slip up that Biden made though on this visit? He had a verbal boo-boo. Did you hear about it? He's always had verbal boo-boo. Before he was, as Andrew Clavin said, a venal houseplant, uh, before he, he was completely hey. checked. But when he, back when he was sentient with his own mind and his puppet strings weren't so quite, quite so obvious, he was still doing those gags. Hey, but this is glorious. This is, this is
1: almost like an attaboy. So he was speaking with reporters after he had his personal meeting, and, uh, and he called Xi Jinping a dictator. And and, yeah. the, and so this is Biden, what he said, he said, look, he is, he's a dictator in the sense that he's a guy who runs a country that is a communist country that is based on a form of government totally different from ours. And I guess the director of national security was in screenshot and you can yeah. see him going,
0: yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> You said the quiet part out loud. Yeah, right. I'd Uncle Joe, you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> let let President Kamala say do the next speech. To my great friend, we have prepared a word salad for her, in which she can give to the American people to further humiliate and demoralize you. <laughs> what's what's the next topic? Well,
1: to, all right. So, to my great so my next hot topic to my great dismay, uh, Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro they recently traded barbs. Mm. Um, Apparently, this is a, a disagreement stemming from the Israeli war and its handling, uh, which, of course, Ben is really passionate about. And Candace has a, a different set of questions and isn't as passionate about it as Ben is, um, which led to this video of Ben Shapiro going viral. All right.
0: Yes. Uh, and then the question is about Candace Owens. Oh, I think her behavior during this is disgraceful. But that is right. not
1: Yeah, and she still works for my
0: company. Yeah, and I think she's been absolutely disgraceful. I think that, I think that her, her faux sophistication on these particular issues has been ridiculous. It's not faux sophistication. It's ridiculous. Everybody can see the moves that she's making and the things that she's saying, and I find indistinguishable.
1: a little bit hard to hear, but you can uh, make out Ben saying that he believes uh, her behavior has been despicable, and some pretty heavy commentary there by him. Hmm. And, you know, it almost makes you wonder if uh, he didn't think... Um, he was being recorded and he was offering some free thought. Now that's, that's tough. Cause John, you're a public figure. And I know that you told me once that you always got to assume you're being recorded. Every time you talk, you assume you're being recorded. And so I'm assuming it right now. <laughs> what? Oh my God. Oh, oh. There it is right there. I know. So this, so that, that prompted Candace then to tweet a bit of scripture and she posted, you know, Matthew five, nine through 10, where, you know, blessed are the peacemakers. And then she rounded out with a Matthew six twenty four. No one can serve two masters, money or God. You know, you can't serve both. And then Ben responded to that. Candace, if you feel that taking money from the daily wire somehow comes between you and God, by all means, quit. And I am reading these scenes that happen hmm. real time, and I'm like, ah, oh, I just want them to be friends so bad, so yeah. bad. But, you know, when I was thinking about it, the the reason I bring this up, the question I want to pose to you is, You know, you have a friend that's like 120% passionate about a certain topic and you find yourself in a place where you just can't get as passionate about that, or you don't feel you should be as passionate about that topic as your friend is. And, you know, how do you get out of that crazy cycle with a friendship like that? When, when they say something about you, when uh, you just can't level uh, rise or raise that level of passion, you know, Mm, like what, yeah. If you found yourself in that place, that's all I'm wondering. Like, what's Candace supposed to do? Yeah, you know. I mean, I understand why Ben's absolutely passionate. If you watch his show, I mean, the last, since since um, the 11th, every show is about what's going on in Israel. You know. Yeah. Um, I think that's just tough. What would you, what, what would you do in that situation yeah. if you got a friend that's got super more passion? Like, what do you
0: do? Uh, I think the best thing you can do. Uh, the the answer to that is. Love is going to cover over a multitude of wrongs or perceived wrongs. And so I think in having good communication where you're like, hey, I see this a different way than you, but I need you to know I'm interested in you. I care about you. Uh, I care about what you care about. We're having a disagreement here. And though someone could think that you were really despicable and you may be tempted to think the same about me. Uh, I I want to give you some benefit of the doubt and say of like, I know you in the past and I'm going to choose to believe, uh, that you have reason for what you're believing. And I just love you as a human and let's communicate, uh, and bring the tensions down. I think that's the way to go forward in a mature, in a, in, in a morally edifying way, give them some benefit of the doubt. Uh, and, um, Reaffirm love for them, and then communicate, communicate, communicate. And I think that it's reconcilable. Uh, but when you're speaking past each other in short little tweets, it's very easy uh, to not really understand the other person's root motivation. And this whole Israel thing of like it's it's really got the world up in arms of like, hey. Like Candace, I want no innocent civilians bombed. And like Ben, I want no innocent civilians killed by Hamas. So if you look at it, the root of what they're upset about is exactly the same. They don't want innocent people killed. That's it. Now, the unfortunate thing, and I understand this of Ben's point, there's no possible way that you can eradicate Hamas without some collateral damage because Hamas uses civilians as human shields. They literally put all of their munitions and compounds and meeting centers underneath kids, hospitals and schools. And so what do you do with that? Um, one is, I, I, I don't think we should just, well, sorry, kid. And just bomb them into oblivion. Uh, I don't like that answer. And if that's Candace's rebuttal of like, yeah, I, I get that, but understand, Hey, whoa, hit the, hit the break, both of you guys and recognize you both are upset with the exact same common ground. And that is what you sh- focus on and you center on and you take a breath. And I think this could really, I think what they should do, and I've just arrived at this, they need to sit down and have a conversation, the two of them, where they talk about their positions. And I think they would need a good, mature Moderator between the two of them as well because they'll both get real passionate. So maybe not Tucker? (laughs) No. no, uh, I'm trying to. So, Ben, who do you think should moderate that? One is that moderator's got to be real strong and they got to have that kind of. I want Jeremy Boring to come back from the filming. I I know who could do it. What? I Jordan Peterson could do it. That they both respect him, they that both love him. He's calm, cool, ish waters. He's going to be able to fully appreciate both sides and he just wants a good fair game. I think Peterson could uh, could do that. And he did somebody that they both respect and would show deference to. Yeah, that's a good. And uh, I think they would. And so that's what I want. I want that to happen. I want I want those two people to play well, but there is a common moral thread that they're both mm-hmm. on, and they should lean into that uh, and let love cover over a multitude of uh, perceived wrongs in the other. That's a good word, and now we're just going to move on from there to Q and A ambush. All right. Yep. Oh, before so let's say goodbye to you guys tuning in on podcast. If you want the rest of the show, we got all kinds of other elements. We're going to talk much, much longer. So appreciate you guys hanging in with us. Visit watchwpsn.com. That's watchwpsn.com. There you can sign up. You'll have access to all of my training classes, rifle and pistol stuff, as well as knife fighting and long range precision. Long range shooting is really, really fun. You can learn all about it on our network as well as all of these different shows. We also have the toughest race, the the Mongo coming all out, uh, very soon. And so you guys will be able to see that show. Make sure you sign up, watch WPSN.com, and then you can download the app wherever, uh, you do app things. Thanks for tuning in guys. See you next time.